Okay. All right. Let's talk about it. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And we're going to welcome you to our official Superhero Slate review of Aquaman. That's right. Aquaman has uh, finally dropped on our uh, dock steps, I guess. I was going to say doorsteps, but I wanted to make it uh, uh, water-themed. We're going to hit you first with our spoiler-free thoughts. So if you stumbled into this podcast without seeing the movie yet, you know, don't be too worried. But I would say after a couple minutes, uh, we're going to jump into spoilers, and we're going to talk about all of the contents of this film. So, uh, as soon as I Aqu- silence my watch here, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I was Jesus like, is, that, is there like a forklift outside? That's Uh-oh. a gigantic. Well, I, I, so I, today, just for everyone to know, today is a Friday. We're recording this early, uh-huh. uh, and I am going to be off work for about two weeks almost. Um, I'm going to Disney World, so we are not recording next week, and you are taking the old fashioned Christmas trip home to the Midwest. So, That's right. We uh, will have a, a a normal news episode this week still. Uh, we're going to have a nice, lovely co-host, uh, which uh, I would say is going to be a super time. And uh, <laughs> we will – w- what's our plan? We're, we're gonna, are we going to reconvene before the end of the year and maybe do a year wrap-up? Um, are we going to reconvene before the end of the year? We'll have to I – I mean I won't be in town. Oh I mean, yeah, that's right. You're we're taking be, uh, we're taking next weekend off. You're going to be in the land of Pandora. Yeah, now, I watched a, I watched a, like I watched like a nerdy in depth review of that like Pandora Avatar land in like uh, Disney World. So yeah. I was like, oh, I know Chris is going there soon. So uh, things to avoid. Uh, completely going off the tangent of Aquaman before we jump into it. Uh, avoid the thing where you get your own Avatar doll made after you uh-huh. because apparently they, they sit you down in a chair and then they put like a fancy like scanner over your face that's literally not scanning anything and apparently there's just like somebody behind a wall like looking at a picture of you just trying to assemble toy parts that kind of look like you and it doesn't end up like looking at you at all so just avoid the weird nah. character creation thing uh, uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, build my lightsaber again that's my favorite thing to do <laughs> But uh, and hopefully the um, the Avatar River ride, hopefully that animatronic is in A mode uh, because apparently it's pretty cool. But I heard the B mode of that animatronic is they literally take it off the ride and then they put down a projector screen and then they just project it onto the screen. And I was like, wow, that's a really crappy B mode for that thing. Yeah, well, it's it's not been. I mean, last time I was there, they were still building this. It hasn't been open, so it's new. But I don't. I don't know what to expect, man. I'll have I to hear, report back. I hear it looks really cool. Like it's okay. you definitely get the Disney polish there, but why are we talking about Disney? I don't know. Yeah. This is the DC podcast. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. be talking about Aquaman, Arthur Curry, Jason Momoa. Chris, uh if there's anything um particularly you want to talk about with your theater going experience, uh but if not, go ahead and just dovetail it right into well, your spoiler for your view for me. I will tell you, screenings are getting earlier and earlier, and I don't know if it's because it's getting dark earlier, but mine was at 5 p.m. I'm like, i got to leave work early. i got to go in early to work to leave early to go to the screening at 5 p.m. And it wasn't very full, um, but there were, in my row, three to four 
um, middle-aged ladies, and I know what they were there for. <laughs> Ooh, you know it. <laughs> Not for the lore, that's for yeah. sure. Um, so I think that was funny. Overall, it wasn't too bad uh, of an experience. Um, there, For people who want to know, there is a mid credit scene. Uh, I won't tell you what it is, but you stay. I guess we never mention this anywhere. Stay through the mid credit scene is what I would mm-hmm. recommend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess we're just going to jump right into this, Mike. I'm going to yeah. say that... I had a better time in Aquaman than I anticipated. Uh, my okay. hype, my hype levels were not very high throughout <laughs> the day going into this. I'm like, oh no, we have another DC movie. Uh, the last one was Justice League over a year ago, and I was like, I remember how I felt watching that one, and it was not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into this, I was pleasantly surprised by a lot of this movie. Um, Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry is very charismatic, and you kind of like awesome. Uh, this guy's pretty cool. Uh, the action scenes are through the roof. I, I did not expect action scenes on this level for this movie, Mike, especially being just Aquaman, who was like a C-lister, maybe even D-lister several years ago, right? He's like the butt of all the jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even Entourage was like, that was the joke. He was supposed to be Aquaman, right? In, in mm-hmm. the show. Um, however, this movie is two and a half hours long, and that is about a half hour way too long for me. <laughs> uh, when this movie action scenes are going, you're like in it. You're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's go along for this ride. However, when those action scenes stop and everything slows down and you're like, oh, I'm in, we're in between action scenes, you really feel that drag. Um, and and that, that really just mm, didn't, didn't jive with me a whole lot. Uh, but overall, I, I did. I am impressed with this movie. Although my bar for it was fairly low, I would say, um, if to put it on a scale of one one to ten this year, I mean, this is above Venom, but I'm not going to say it's by very much in my book. Uh, it's not the best movie. It's not the greatest movie. But this is a, a an okay end to the year in terms of superhero movies overall. Um, and that's what I would say. Mike, we've not talked about this at all. I really got to know what you think. You're really, really good at like hiding it from me. So lay it on us, buddy. All right. Well, Aquaman, is it the worst movie I've ever seen? No. Is it, uh, better than, uh, Batman versus Superman and Justice League? Yes, it is. Is it better than Thor the Dark World? Possibly. Is it as good as Wonder Woman? Not quite. Uh, I, you know, it's really easy to rank movies in the DC Cinematic Universe right now because there's not too many of them right now. Uh, but I would say this one does fall short of kind of reaching um, mm-hmm. the prestige of Wonder Woman, if you will. But yeah, I would echo, echo a lot of the sentiments that you said. Uh, these action set pieces are on point, really cool. I mean, you'd kind of expect that from James Wan, who directed Fast and the Furious 7. Uh, and also there's like one or two kind of like scary parts where it looks like he's kind of channeling his conjuring, uh, universe experience. Uh, but that really isn't too much there, but he has a very stylistic kind of sense for the camera. So Mm -hmm. we do get some really cool, uh, shots and some nice, um, uh, cinematic compositions, um, but this uh, movie is incredibly bogged down with exposition and and it's not just trying to explain the not even very complicated lore. I feel like they just piled a little bit too much on top of it 
And uh, along with that, uh, we get just uh, moments of characters just reaffirming things the audience <laughs> should probably already know. It's just like no spoilers here, but I mean, uh, this is all about this is all about the an undersea monarchy. You know, Aquaman. You know, trying to uh, ascend to the throne. So everybody's kind of seen these throne storylines before. Like, just give the audience credit. We we kind of understand what's going on here. You know, we we can figure it out. We know what it. We've seen plenty of seasons of game of thrones out there to kind of put all this together uh but uh, you know it, it was a fun time uh, i also went in with uh, somewhat low expectations and um uh, i can uh, echo the sentiments from my wife especially from those ladies that were <laughs> seated in front of you uh my well, wife beside biggest, me don't you worry <laughs> my wife's the biggest complaint in this movie that jason momoa didn't have his shirt off enough so i know exactly what these ladies are going to the movie for and uh, the first time uh, uh, Momoa takes his shirt off, I audibly heard a woman maybe one or two seats away from me just like go, uh, uh. like it's just very <laughs> subtle. Like these, th- this isn't just somebody trying to like make the hooping and hollering noises to make their friends laugh. This was just like an audible response from her seeing this man with her shirt off. So uh, he's definitely he's a looker. So that that might factor into the box office. Uh, but uh, Jace Momoa is very charismatic. Like watching mm-hmm. this whole movie, like I was just like he could he can carry any scene that he's in. Just being kind of like this frat Aquaman bro that he is. Like it, he kind of reached a levels of charisma that I think The Rock hits. I mean, I would love to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Whoa. Momoa in a film. I mean, talk about the talk about the star-studded like just chivalry that would just in, be imbued in that type of film. So, I, I, yeah. any time that we got uh, Arthur Curry in there, just kind of um, being like tongue in cheek and kind of making fun of this fantasy world, I was having yeah. a good time. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say he's bro level. He's not like uh, in your face, bro. Like he's just so laid back like you want to hang out with him like you want to have a beer with this guy and mm-hmm. um people do have a beer with him in this movie that's for sure um it's, it's i i gotta tell you overall um i, I i'm and just the action scenes blew me away at the end of the day I, I can't tell you enough like i didn't think they would be able to pull off some of these scenes that they did in this movie and I, I don't know if you know, so there's a several long take scenes in, in this, whether it be underwater. The underwater effect is fantastic. I Like, it doesn't take me out of the movie at all. Uh, like, the hair moving around in the water and stuff like that. I, I was like, oh, they actually made this underwater world work without the the air bubbles that they did in, in Justice yeah, League. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love to touch on the utter, un, the underwater uh, moments a little bit more once we jump into the spoilers, because I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to uh, ruin something <laughs> yeah. out there if nobody's seen the movie yet. But, you know, I, I think I had accidentally slipped and came across a couple reviews for this movie before I went and saw it myself. But once I came out of the theater, you know, I was like, yeah, I think kind of like the Rotten Tomato level is a, is about on point. I think it's around kind of like surfing somewhere in like the 70% range. And I was like, that that feels about right. Yeah. You know, um, usually these big action movies, uh, especially these superhero movies, is very much like a sink or swim. Man, these puns are just really coming to me. So it's like they, they either do really great in kind of like the 80s and 90s or they just plummet to the ground like under like 30s and they're really bad. So it is kind of weird – 
seeing a superhero movie that just kind of does a better than average job. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's not a whole lot for me to like just uh, stand on my soapbox and scream about. Uh, but there's not really a whole lot for me to go like, wow, this is just kind of like next level like superhero yeah. filmmaking. So uh, if, if you need something to go see this holiday with your friends and family, I this is like a, a fun cinematic uh, yeah. experience. Um, if you can't talk them in the scene Spider-Man because it's a cartoon and cartoons are for kids – this is, uh, I think, a, a suitable replacement for that. If you're like, all right, fine, we'll go watch a real live-action movie. Uh, I've got to say, if I was to pick the tone of this movie, what they were shooting for, this is essentially Thor, the Thor movies, mm-hmm. meets Lord of the Rings underwater. Like, yep, all three yep. of those things are, like, right there. Together. Maybe throw in a little bit of a globe trotting, maybe a la Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, not really comparing quality of the movie wise, but there's there's different MacGuffins. set pieces. Yeah, there's different set pieces and lo- locales as they kind of move through the fantasy realms. So, uh, and that, that's kind of why I said Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings has a lot of these same, you know, v- the different visual styles, the different locales as well, mm-hmm. not just the the huge lore and like the how crazy this underwater kingdom is um but yeah o- overall i mean i would i would say i would recommend people watch this movie i, I wouldn't not feel bad saying hey go check it out um it's not now you're you're it's in a weird place it's literally in between infinity war and endgame like you, you you're in between two of the most anticipated movies of the past 10 years <laughs> But I think it's still okay. I think I think we we got a movie here that's pretty solid. The second best DC movie in my book, Mike. I would I would put it above Man of Steel in my oh, book. Oh, yeah, and that, Suicide that's, Squad. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's very easy to do. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, bar was low, bar was real low. But uh, they uh, they just like we talked about James Cameron earlier, he brought that bar right up out of the ocean, right, <laughs> right up out of there. So All right, anything well, else? I know I, I want to jump right into the spoilers, so spoiler okay. warning, I want to talk about actual moments that happen in this movie, and uh, like I said, you were talking about the underwater moments, so I don't know if this is going to be uh, uh, controversial or if this is just going to be co- totally going up against the curve, but just for me, preference-wise, I'm never too enthralled with underwater worlds in general. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, things that happen on land, uh, great. Anything happening through space or maybe even on an alien planet, sure, let's do it. But when we're underwater in this movie, I mean, I just don't know. I don't think there's a practical way to really make it look cool and accessible to me as a viewer. Uh, You know, everything in the background, it's always kind of like this dark blue and grayed, you know, because we're in the water. Even when they're flying through Atlantis or I guess swimming through Atlantis, we see all that kind of like this glowing like algae or whatever, kind of making it look like a big rave techno city. I mean, all that stuff looks great. I'm sure the concept art is amazing. But at the end of the day to me, they're just always on kind of like this drab blue backdrop and it's just after a while, I was just like, I'm, I kind of wish they just go up on land so I could actually see them and I could kind of like see like the vibrant colors and their crisp edges. Um, it was clever. This is definitely something I had never really seen before, you know, actually telling a story underwater. So they seem to be doing a little bit of uh, practical mixed with CG. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of the times when you see their bodies floating, I think their bodies are entirely CG. And then there's maybe like a motion captured like face imprinted on onto them. And uh, then they put some sort of like overall effect 
uh, over mm-hmm. it. So like if there literally was a camera underwater, they might be some waves going there. So I think they James Wan did some pretty clever things to to make it look like we are underwater. And they kind of pitch the voices just a little bit as sound would travel a little different through water. But for me, overall, the effect was just kind of like, all right, let's let's get let's get to the land. I want to get to that part in the trailer where they're running across the rooftops, rooftops, right. and like Black Manta is like shooting them with lasers. Like that scene was amazing. That was my favorite part in the film. Uh, so every, every time we we kind of get to the water scenes, I'm, you know, I'm always just kind of like, all right, where's the next set piece that I can like kind of finally breathe in? So I I don't know. What did you? What, how did you feel when we were underwater? Well, I think to me the underwater thing was like. I, they gave us a really good explanation of why everything wasn't pitch black in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, that these Elanians, their eyes and the, everything adapts to themselves being underwater. And we did get some really cool colors out of it. Like, I, I, like it could have been um, uh, the Phantom Men of Star Wars when they go through the bongo through the middle of the planet. Like That's what I, they could have looked like, which would have been bad. And I think maybe leaned in like leaned into your hesitations a little bit but underwater i i didn't really mind it overall um i i just the story to me the story um the ocean master orm his um his i guess taking over all the kingdoms went really really quickly and we didn't get to explore many of the other like i guess civilizations underwater um as, as much as we probably could have um but again we're, we're also dealing with the hierarchy of of a, you know a kingdom but we're always dealing with the upper echelon of the kingdom like we never get to see the average what's an average atlantean look like like what are they doing like throughout the day kind of thing yeah i never really get a chance to kind of connect with just these undersea dwellers yeah and i i would say you know black black panther doesn't exactly do a much better job but at least we do get a few scenes where we get to see people in wakanda which i would say is a pretty good analogous situation you know you kind of got a royalty monarch situation going there uh they've got an advanced technological society that's like hidden away from everybody else i mean we do get to see uh t'challa kind of walk through the streets a few times and his um his uh, friend that kind of tra- yeah, that, the, that the trains all the rhinos yeah, yeah at least they're kind of out so you do kind of get to see ground level a little bit there but yeah with it atlantis to me it's like all we really saw was like throne rooms and like outer structures and then everything there kind of seems pretty barbaric you know they're kind of in that like fighting uh that fighting fighting mm-hmm. ring and like everybody's cheering because they're trying to kill each other so i, I never really connected with this undersea society that, at all that was a I, I gotta say that fight scene underwater was pretty good i did enjoy the orm and and, and aquaman fight mm-hmm. in, in that arena a la gladiator style i guess um i i one of my i, I think one of my biggest complaints um is there's probably two here one is you never think i don't think anyone underwater was really in any trouble because it was all a a fabricated story to attack the sea like the land dwellers Mm -hmm. like you never felt like the ocean isn't really under attack like no one's really coming down to stop the ocean it's just like a we want to attack the surface we got to figure out how to make that story work so i never felt like oh my gosh arthur really needs to save atlantis because atlantis is gonna lose it's I don't know that that was a little a little wonky to me um but also I I gotta say like after the the desert like when we see the history of the trident and Atlantis back when it was on land mm-hmm. it fell in the ocean but how did this technology help them breathe underwater they were just like we fell in the ocean and the trident helped <laughs> us breathe underwater when the trident literally broke every piece of technology they had before it fell I don't know 
I'm nitpicking here on that one, but like I was like, no, I, I think that's fair. I mean, that's one thing that they really never got around to explaining was kind of the whole magic side of things. Like Mara throughout this whole movie is uh, she's a magic user, and they never <laughs> she's really a waterbender. Ex- don't yeah, don't they mix they it never up. and they never really explain that different people in Atlantis some can do magic, some can't. Uh, so, um, I, I, you know, I guess people really weren't too concerned, like, oh, it's just magic. Yeah. But also, yeah, I think that's one thing that the the villains really needed. They needed some sort of inciting incident. It's basically like this movie starts off just coincidentally around the time that uh, Arthur's half-brother just decides he wants to attack the surface. You know, it, there it wasn't really on an anniversary where mm-hmm. he takes the throne or he's finally reached a certain age and now he can kind of do this. Or like, oh, he's finally got promoted in the military. So now he's finally in control. Like basically the, his motivation was like, oh, you guys have been polluting the ocean. Uh Well, it's just like, well, yeah, that's really shitty. You know, like there's a bunch of garbage in there, but like when we were in Atlantis, I didn't see any garbage down there. So it's just kind of like, well, there's, Hey, there's like littering on the surface too. You know, we don't like it either, but we're literally, we're not trying to kill each other over litter. They've been doing (laughs) it for years and, and, why does he want to do it automatically when Arthur becomes act, like you said active as Aquaman? Like why? Like what? Why does this timing have to do with anything? Where? What is the incident? And, and I think you know the incident there with against King uh, Nereus is uh, this was kind of predictable. Like the the villain arc was very kind of predictable, I guess. Um, like yeah, like my wife even leaned over to me and she's like, uh, she's like, I bet Nicole Kidman's still alive. I'm like, <laughs> yep, she's probably still alive. Well, yeah, if you if you never actually see the character die, you can never assume that they're dead. Yeah, and they keep saying, "Oh, she was she was sacrificed. She was sacrificed." I'm like, "Yeah, they keep saying that a lot." You know, <laughs> that's really losing its, its, its impact here. Uh, did you know Julie Andrews, the original Mary Poppins, was the voice of the Carathon? Oh yeah, I've, I you know I did a little research online to kind of see what, how the internet thought about this film, and some people were saying, "Yeah, wasn't that weird that she was that monster?" That monster kind of bugged me a little the, bit. The too. week of the other Mary Poppins coming out. Is what <laughs> my point is there, but yes, yeah, that 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 monster situation was uh, kind of weird. So like Nicole Kidman, you know, she's been trying to get this trident for like uh, twenty years. She says she's been the only one in like this uh, undersea core of the Earth, and she can't get past this monster. But like Arthur seems to be able to kind of stroll into this place and he could have almost literally walked right up to that trident but what was weird is so that thing is protecting the trident but then eventually that cracking character says oh well you can only grab the trident basically if you're worthy of it so it's just like well why are you even there lady well oh. <laughs> well, he, well he also say no one can understand the carathon like mm-hmm. no one else could hear it talk except for arthur so we were like the first people as well, other than Arthur to hear it talk, and that's what gave him the chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I leaned over, I leaned over to my wife after uh, um, after Arthur grabbed the trident, and I was just like, he just put that monster out of a job. What are they going to do anymore? And then, uh, the, and then, they, then he wrote it in the battle. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the the character design either, just because we had like this big buildup. Oh, oh, what it is? What could it be? We're only seeing these gigantic tentacles. It must be attached to something, and then it just ends up looking almost exactly like a kaiju from Pacific Rim, except mm-hmm. it has some random tentacles on it. So I wasn't a big fan of the design of it, but it was a pretty cool moment. But well, did you did you notice though when he busted out of the uh, the ocean floor, he basically like killed all of those what he like killed all of those crab people like yeah. when he was but like aren't you there to protect this oh, whole like, i think you just killed speaking them speaking of the lord of the rings the <laughs> um the king crab person was actually the guy who played gimli in lord of the yeah, rings yeah that's well. what i thought i was like i think that's gimli <laughs> yeah so i was like well this is 
the, the parallels here are just way too obvious. The last the last scene was that battle was pretty cool, but it it became a little too much at some points. Yeah, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything that's going on since every kind of energy blast has kind of like a bubble trail. So mm. you just have like so much going on. Yeah, it is kind of weird to be like, okay, well, where is he? Like, okay, he is commanding the trench. And but the trench aren't swarming exactly on Ocean Master. They're kind of swarming around him. So there was a lot to tackle there in that fight. Yeah, it, it was. But I do gotta say, it was cool to see him finally control all the fish, all the all the creatures in the water. Like he's like, oh, you're now under my. Like I'm gonna tell you what to do. Like turn mm-hmm. on the people. Because if if you think of Aquaman, what's he do? He talks to fish, man. Yeah, that's, that's true. He so he so did pull I, it off. So I will uh, give this movie a compliment off the bat. So the the movie kind of started a little weird. I would say almost slightly cringy when they're when they're starting off telling the love story between his uh, mother and father. You know, just it, there's kind of weird stuff happening where she like mm-hmm. eats a goldfish. She's like creeping out the dog. That's just and, a day in the life of Nicole Kidman. Yeah, and I was just like, this is this stuff is kind of weird. Uh, but uh, when those uh, shock troopers showed up, blew a hole in the blew a hole in the house out of nowhere. Um, she picks up the trident and then like we get to kind of finally see our first like melee action scene. And I was like, this is awesome. The way the camera's like flying around this house, like the, the choreography of the, the, the crazy stark white design on these kind of like mech shock trooper type deal. I was like, this is really cool. At that moment in the film, I was like, even if this movie is like dog shit, yeah. <laughs> as, as long as these action scenes are as fun as this, I think we'll be okay. So luckily the movie was elevated um, outside of the action scenes a little bit. Uh, so I, yeah, I thought we started off on a good foot, but did you notice that this movie had a trend of just blowing holes in walls, like uh-huh. during very silent moments? It just seemed to be like the only transition James Wan could think of. It happened like three times. Yeah. So at the beginning when they blow through the house, uh, it happened, um, I believe again, when they're on that, um, when they're in, were they, were they in Tuscany? Is that S- where Sicily. they were? Sicily. And then it happened one other time. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was definitely a trifecta of three where it's just like, Okay, blown a hole in the wall. Let's get this action scene going. Yeah, it, it, and there was a lot of, or like people just getting kicked hard into things. Like nice hard kick into a wall. They get mm-hmm. back up, or they don't get back up. One of the two. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on Black Manta yet. To be honest, uh, in this movie, um, they did leave him alive. At the, everyone, everyone was pretty much alive at the end of this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or man, Black Manta. So they're gonna they're gonna be back later, but um. I, I, yeah, I don't know. There, there's, I, th- do I thought I thought the design of Black Manta was really cool. I loved his suit. You know, we had seen that in the trailer, so I was looking oh. forward to kind of see him. He's very imposing, I, but I I didn't really understand uh, his background and why a sea pirate all of a sudden could take Atlantean tech and craft it into a suit. I don't. <laughs> I almost think I didn't even need an explanation. Like they, the Atlantean should have just showed up showed him a suit that was basically white and maybe all he did was spray planet bat black to so, kind of give it his groovy side. <laughs> fun story. I went to the bathroom once during this movie because it was raining and um, it's about water. So of course you got to <laughs> go to the bathroom. I missed, I missed the black Manta montage. Even Manta oh. got a montage. Uh, my wife was like, Manta got a montage. I'm like, 
Yeah, I can yeah. see his suit. So. Yeah, well, I'll explain it to you. So basically, he's in kind of his workshop. He has all of this white, stark white, mm-hmm. uh, shiny Apple Atlantean tech. And then he just starts ripping it apart uh, to some sort of god-awful music choice. Because I don't know about you, but the songs that they picked to incorporate in this movie were awful. Like, they were, there's like this weird Pitbull version of Africa's oh, Toto. Like, that came out like a week ago, and I'm like, oh, this is awful. And then they showed it in the movie, and I'm like, son of a... Bitch. Yeah, it's like okay. If if Weezer decides to cover a, a, a Weezer's uh, Toto's Africa, you can't just uh, Pitbull. You can't just do the same thing. Go pick any other millions or thousands of songs out there to cover. So I don't understand why that even happened. And then there's other songs in this film that I just feel like maybe they're just like you got to pick this one for the Warner Brothers arch- archive. Sorry, you can't have any other songs. So the music choice in this film, yeah, I the, think, is honestly atrocious. The, the credits music was kind of rough to sit. Through. I'm like, I hope this doesn't last forever. Yeah, uh, to get there. Yeah, I mean, so, I, mean I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Black Manta, he's kind of disassembling all this tech, and then he puts together like a proto helmet that actually looks kind of similar to one of his earlier comic book designs, where the helmet's a lot smaller and it has a lot of rivets in it, so you can actually see the physical rivets, but it still has those same uh, red lenses on the front. And then it gets overcharged, and then it make, yeah, blasts that's, the hole. That's from the trailer. Cra- yeah. yeah, then it cracks the helmet open. And then he says this god-awful line of just like, I guess I'm going to need a bigger helmet. It's just like, okay, I get it. You've seen Jaws, and that, this is a movie about the ocean. That, that's where I walked in. I heard him, I guess I need a bigger helmet, but I was walking up the stairs, so I didn't get to see that part. Yes. So, uh, what yeah. about what about Randall Park, uh, the guy from Ant-Man and the Wasp being in this movie? <sighs> I, I love Randall Park. I love him in um, Fresh Off the Boat, which is a sitcom on ABC. Uh, he's just a he's just a fun guy. His character was a lot of fun in Ant Man, which is a funny movie. But to be honest, his character <laughs> is totally out of place in this movie. I mean, he is just wacky and weird. And I I don't know much about uh, Aquaman's uh, central cast of characters, so he very well could be playing some sort of weird conspiracy theory character in the Aquaman comic books. But he, he, he's so over the top. He's like a cartoon character trying to fit well, into this movie. It does not it, work. It's a world where aliens came from the sky and stole these mother boxes, but they're still like, Atlanteans aren't real. Whatever. Aliens exist, but not Atlanteans. And Yeah. And I'm it's like, just like, didn't you see this catastrophic event of warships and all of the garbage washing up on all your shores and you and can't... You can't fathom anything living under the water. There's like, Superman, there's Batman, you got a Wonder Woman, a Doomsday, uh, the Steppenwolf, and nope, no Elanian, so that's a myth. That's <laughs> that's all made up. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I agree. Like, he was... I want more of him in Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, but I, I don't know if I want him in Aquaman 2. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need him. But, I mean, the other cast of characters, I thought, uh, ended up being pretty good. I, yeah. I liked uh, Amber Heard as Mera. Uh, the red hair actually I think it worked I was staring at her hairline quite a bit trying to see like because I've helped my wife dye her hair plenty of times and especially with really bright colors like that sometimes it'll dye the scalp so I was just like okay they definitely got some professionals in there I think, I think uh, it's a wig dying, like, oh I mean I guess it possibly could I, be I think it was a wig I don't think it was real hair uh, but I was surprised that uh, I forgot Dolph Lundgren was in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, he, I thought he did a pretty good job as that uh, that other king, if you will. Uh, yeah, King Nereus. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't recognize him like at first. I'm like, oh, that's actually a really good Dolph Lundgren role for him. 
Yeah, he, so he did uh, really well. Uh, and Volko, uh, Willem Dafoe, he got a he got a big role. Oh yeah, there. Uh, it was a uh, it was kind of nice to see that. I guess uh, Disney is not the only one that has that de aging technology going on. Because I was like, oh wow, that's a that Willem Willem Dafoe looks pretty good young. So yeah. I guess that's and, not a not a patented technology. <laughs> and, and Tamura Morrison, uh, who was his dad, uh, he play he plays uh, Django Fett and all the clones. In the- oh, that's why he looked familiar. I wonder what's easier for Hollywood to do. Do you hire an older actor for older scenes and then de-age them? Or do you hire a younger actor? And is it harder to add wrinkles in CG than it is to take them I think, away? I think right now it's easier to, to, add, to remove them. Yeah, which is good for uh, older working actors. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see that technology to use. But there was one thing that I wanted to ask you, and uh, don't don't be shocked if you can't think of anything because I've been racking my brain. You know, I asked my wife, and she couldn't think of anything either. So think of all of kind of like the monarchy stories you've ever watched. You know, Lord of the Rings, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Thor, uh, e- even Black Panther. All of these things that's focused around kings and like this ruling class it's always about a good guy trying to ascend to the throne so everybody in the kingdom is better off right have you ever watched any sort of fiction or even read any sort of fiction where eventually the good guy takes the throne and then he sits back and thinks hey maybe we shouldn't just be ruling just because uh, we're the royal class. Maybe we should vote on who's going to be the ruler. I just think this is a weird uh, problem that a lot of kind of su- modern superhero movies are starting to run into, where it's just like, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea that there's just a king that was born into it that's running everything. Because you have all these weird, complicated rules that get circumvented by the bad guys, and they just come in and they try to steal the throne, or it just leaves room for the good guys to come in and steal the throne i guess it makes a good story uh, for one time but like eventually like hey maybe you should have elections in your fictional fantasy world i know that just sounds weird and crazy but like i've never seen that happen before well i mean black panther kind of has that a little bit if i could like you know the tribes have to agree for him to be king or they can challenge the throne. Well, they can. There, yeah. There's always a challenge. So, but, but, the, to but it. their voting is is more of a combat voting than an actual. But it, but it's always a blood right thing. And then when my wife and I were driving home from the from the movie, I was just like, okay, so we have two half brothers. Uh, they they have both equal blood rights to this throne. And actually, I kind of get where Orm is coming from, to be honest. I mean, he is. Uh, he has lived under sea his whole life. You know, he comes from a, a, a ruling class, his father. You know, whether he's a good guy or not, um, uh, at least he kind of understands how stuff's working down there. So I was actually kind of uh, shocked when Willem Dafoe was just like, he's already twice the king you'll ever be. And I was just like, hasn't he been to Atlantis like once? He's lived on his surface like the whole time. I get it that he's like a better guy. But I mean, if you guys are going to live in like this uh, very strict system of like rules of uh, becoming king like i think I'd, it makes sense well, for orin to be really pissed that just some random hippie from the surface is coming in to kind of like take his seat you know well i, th- I think it's more of a the the tro- it's, it's just a usual movie trope it's the guy who doesn't want to be king is usually the best person to be king because the person who wants to be king is probably just power it's, it's that's thor all over again um like you know once he kind of gave up and everything like yeah he was better fit to become king once he's like oh, i don't want to be king 
And yeah, it's almost, take it, so. yeah, it's almost like uh, Thor kind of circumvented that problem in the future of just like, oh, well, Asgard's destroyed, so there's nothing really left to rule anyway, so we don't need a king. So mm. good luck living wherever you're going to live. This kingdom doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So so all, all I'm thinking is basically we just have kind of like a very basic kind of like ascending to the throne story in this movie. Uh, which is one thing that doesn't doesn't elevate it. It's just kind of we all kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, uh, Aquaman's going to take the throne. He's going to get the trident. So there's not a whole lot of curveballs or surprises happening in this film. Well, I think the problem also is on an international level, like pushing democracy, you're going to lose your China market. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, yeah, just I to be I honest, of, I, I guess mean, I didn't think about that. Like to be honest, if you're pushing democracy in your movie and, and changing that, like yeah, you're going to lose some bigger markets. If they just state the tried and true, like we all know how kingdoms work. If you pull the sword from the stone, you're the you're the winner, and you you win. And your 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 trident with three prongs instead of five is very magical. And um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, overall, I I had a good time. I like Nicole Kidman. Her act. I'm I'm surprised she got a kick ass action scene. So that was really cool for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else was in here. Um, uh. I don't know. Patrick Wilson makes a pretty good villain. Last time I saw him in a superhero movie was uh, he was Night Owl and Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, it was, this was he was a good turn. He was a good turn in this. Yeah, one, he ended. He he really embodied the look of Ocean Master at the end of the film when he put on that helmet and it moved. Do you notice it moved with his like he, brow? Yeah, which I didn't particularly like. I thought, but it was we don't get, we weird. don't get the, we don't get the technology there, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I I guess, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Overall, I mean, it, it's it's a fun it's a fun film. You just can't think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, just sit back and enjoy the ride. Just just let, let, let Jason Momoa, Arthur Curry, let you look over and you say, "My man." And just ride with them. You know? Yeah, I mean, hopefully now that they kind of got they got all the exposition out of the way, they explained all the different kingdoms. You know, he's finally got his trident. You know, we, we put him in the classic Aquaman suit, which looks pretty badass. So whenever this uh, sequel, which has already been announced, comes along, hopefully we can just kind of like hit the ground running. You, have, you, know? you just made me realize how close to Thor this really is. I know it is. Like, You've got like a brother and a stepbrother, and they both want to be king. Well, one yeah. of them doesn't want to be king. One does at the end. There, there's a trident. There's a hammer. Mul- there's multiple <laughs> kingdoms. There's a magic weapon. Uh, you don't know about the other kingdoms, but you're probably going to learn about someone in the, um, what is it, the deserted kingdom or one of the other kingdoms, the forgotten kingdom or something is going to come out in the next movie, the dark kingdom kingdom if you will yeah i think and that's kind of why i bring this up it's like there's nothing necessarily wrong with the tried and true story of like kings and queens but like eventually we've all been around the we've all been around the bases we've been around this uh town for a while so it's just like we we've seen this all you you gotta you gotta find a way to tell a a different story what i think the next one will be will be a land-based movie mike um where the it's not going to be the the water people trying to come to the land and attack, but the land people learning about the Atlanteans and wanting to come down there and attack them. Like, I think this is how Black Mana and the Randall Park character are going to come into play. So we're going to see Aquaman defending his kingdom against the other half of his life, which is the land. So You know what I, you know what I would like to see kind of in this Worlds of DC uh, story? A is, good movie? Um, 
<laughs> I mean, they don't. Uh, I don't <laughs> want them. Necess- I don't want them necessarily ripping off Civil War. But it would be kind of cool if there was a normal, average human that finally puts all the pieces together that the Earth is more than what it seems. Because it seems like uh, you know all of these heroes, it's all blasé to them. You know, oh, there's something at the center of the Earth, no big deal. Oh, there's an island of Amazonians. There's uh, aliens from space. All, all these like heroes, you know, they have bigger stuff to worry about. So it's just like, oh, it's just another threat. It would be kind of nice to just somebody to just like put all the pieces together like holy crap there's a there's a there's a place in the core there's a hidden island over here like mm-hmm. all of these heroes and everything there's, gonna there's a shazam guy he's magical yeah like and that would be cool if maybe like a lex type of guy could do that like he could mm-hmm. maybe he would realize you know these heroes are getting too powerful for us it kind of almost kind of runs along those lines of like the mutant storyline of like they're too strong uh, they 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 can't be trusted or something like that. So yeah, maybe that, that uh, maybe felt, eventually that felt Batman v Superman though. Be careful with that one. Uh, well, uh, I think it's safe to say <laughs> that there's lots of things wrong with that movie. Yeah, <laughs> not maybe not necessarily that, but yeah, this, it's just a it's a it's a weird it's a weird movie to kind of like explain your feelings about because there's mm-hmm. there's good things and there's bad. I kind of like some of the creative camera choices James Wan takes, where every once in a while, like he'll mount the camera either onto an arm or onto a gun. Or he'll do like a crazy tracking shot where it'll really zoom out like to like an extreme wide yeah. shot, and then you see Black Manta like blasting that the, like, the, kind of bell tower. The long shots in this are just fantastic. Like you don't realize you're watching. Like oh man, it's still going. It's mm-hmm. Still, they did one in the the underwater ring of fire scene as well. Yeah. So. And but <laughs> but then also you kind of get some weird kind of flair from James Wan, which is kind of bizarre. Where at the very beginning. When Arthur is walking through the submarine, uh, taking out all those bad guys, there's a moment where he's like walking down the hallway and he kind of walks through like a steaming pipe. And then I could just sense James Wan is in the editing room. He's like, oh, this is a really cool scene. Can we make it in slow-mo? And then his editor is just like, well, you filmed it in 24 frames a second. So if we do a slow-mo, it's going to look really weird and choppy. And he's like, I don't care. Do a slow-mo. So there's a moment where he, that happens. It's just like... Well, that's really kind of like a weird choice for that. So there's lots of there's lots of style in this film, and sometimes it works mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't. So at the very least, we're not talking about just a generic by the numbers uh, like bland movie. Like there's fun stuff happening here. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, it's like like Venom is not colorful and it's not it's just it's Venom could have been a black and white movie using the most recent movie. And this takes it to a new level and adds that visual flair that Venom lacks. They they probably could have made Venom cool, but Aquaman does take it to that next. It has like that extra little bit of like, not polish, but like everyone was trying a little bit harder. Like we like we yeah. gotta try something harder because yeah. we're selling Aquaman and that's and, that's not fun. And even though the screenplay is pretty clunky, at least things get going. Like we get an action scene off the bat at the ver- mm-hmm. at the very beginning, and then we get these uh, these uh, awesome like submarine fights. There's tons of action in this movie, which is definitely uh, nowhere in Venom. Like things don't really kick up with a symbiote until like well halfway through the film. And, so and at least we tell, can appreciate that. And you can tell the budget in this one was a little higher than that. So um, they had the money; they wanted to put the money in this one too. Be like, yep, we're gonna we're gonna make Aquaman have a little splash to it, if you will. Wink, wink. A little splash of color. Um, <laughs> overall, I, I mean, again, I'd say I'd go, I'd go, I'd recommend people go see it. It's not gonna change your world. It's not gonna change your life. But I mean, it's still a fun ride. Like the, those action scenes are worth it alone. I think the price of admission to see it because I had to see IMAX. I had to see it in 3D, 
And mm-hmm. there's only one time I noticed the 3D in this movie that actually like stuck out to me is when they do those photos with the bikers in the the bar. <laughs> those were actually th- like 3D photos in those. Like the, they, they're all all the people are different levels. <laughs> wow, the the one time where the three that was that was kind of a, a, a humorous moment. I thought we were about to get another a, a cheesy just like a, a bar brawl, fight. but yeah. then they just that they just end up partying. So I I I think uh, the the best things about this film. Easily the action mm-hmm. and uh, Jason Momoa's personality, which just like seeps into every scene that he's in, which is great. Uh, the the worst parts about this film are probably the the screenplay, and I would say possibly the the overuse of CGI in some points, where it's just sometimes I think it detracts from what you're watching. Uh, but I would say that's a, at a minimum. Yeah, you know, my biggest complaint is just with with the story. So hopefully those things will improve in our next film. But I think we got a decent base here. Yeah. You know, these are kind of like movies that I wish we had years ago before like Man of Steel came out. Like this would have been a great base to build this, off of here. This is on par quality-wise with Thor 1, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, I would put them up against each other and be like, yep. I'll watch either one of these two. Like, they're not my favorite things. They got some sucky parts. But overall, there's some great action. And the the characters, the characters make it worthwhile to watch. So I'd put them up against each other if, if you're looking for another comparison movie. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Thor is a good way to look at it. I I was actually uh, going to watch Thor: The Dark World this morning oh before we before we jumped into this podcast because I thought it would be a good comparison point. But that even that movie is not streaming anywhere, and I was like, I'm not I'm Dude, not about to drop three dollars to to rent this movie. <laughs> I, man, I would put Thor: The Dark World on terms of like justice league level though like i don't i hate Thor the dark world wow well we're gonna we're gonna have to rewatch that at some point and just <laughs> oh i watch it every year it's part of my countdown to oh the yeah next that's movies. right uh, anyway mike we're done talking about aquaman right people should yeah. go see it mm-hmm. all right people want to go see check you. it out but oh oh there's more if you if you only get a chance to see one movie you got to see spider-verse we already oh, did yes. the spoiler cast we did the review on spider-verse i love that movie fires off on every cylinder so if you have to pick one it's got to be spider-verse right. but if you've seen that movie already uh go see aquaman yep i totally 100 percent agree if mike if people want to see what you're up to this holiday season and maybe some of that sweet swag you're gonna get where can people find you at well, swag, also known as Christmas presents. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to keep up with you, see what you're doing this holiday season, especially when you go to Disney. I'm hoping you're going to be putting up some uh, pictures there on social media. I love Disney parks, man. Uh, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V A L D A N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I will be posting those sweet Disney pics. Probably won't get to see any Marvel stuff, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do. Uh, and uh, you can also head over, and I've been uploading the film side chats, uh, old episodes back up, so you can go listen to those if you want to. And uh, also head over to Comic UI if people want to know more about our show, Mike. This is a review episode. These only happen when movies come out. If people want to know our weekly news episodes, we do. Where can they find those? Well, as Chris digests his Qdoba, you can always visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show. And when we're doing our normal news episodes and we're talking about news, we have all of our show notes up there, too. So if we're talking about a new trailer, which I know Chris is going to be talking about the Hellboy trailer here uh, coming up this weekend, uh, and we always got leaked images and concept art, uh, you can get that in our show notes at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, 
SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, I hope to eventually put the podcast literally everywhere so I don't have to read this list every week because I get so tongue-tied. But mm. you can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and on Instagram, and you can get merch over at SuperheroSlate.com slash a store. Uh, if you like the podcast, we love hearing from you, so you can drop us a comment, you can drop us a tweet, you can shoot us an email, uh, leave a review on uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Those reviews are the best gift you could possibly give us during this holiday season. That's right. And if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, um, if you wanna if you wanna be in the know, if you wanna be the superest fan you can be, all you gotta do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we I usually say we'll be here every single week, and we Ooh. almost ninety nine percent of the time are, but there is literally only one week a year where we take off, and it is right around this time well, of the year during the holidays. It's usually two, one in the summer, one in the winter. This is our winter break. So. Yeah, so I think I think you'll be fine with only fifty podcasts a year instead <laughs> of uh, fifty two. But uh, we love you. Uh, tune in for the news episode that Chris is going to record with our special guest. I will be uh, like what thirty thousand miles. How how many miles in the air do you get when you're on a plane? I don't know. You'll be pretty close to me. Oh. I don't think yeah, thirty thousand miles, but yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah, I, I might be totally overshooting. It's called the Mile be... High Club, not the 30,000 Mile 30, High Club. 30,000 feet. 30,000 feet. That's what I'm go. thinking. God, I'm like in the like halfway to the moon probably. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know scale, Chris. I can tell. Uh, but, but I will be in a plane trying to download stuff on the Netflix that I can watch. Um, so uh, keep 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 chill. I don't know. See you in the, the new year. You're rambling. We'll see you guys next year. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe! I don't have a favorite Smash controller. Um, I think GameCube is probably my... the closest I have.